Hello, and welcome back to our CRM podcast series. My name is Dr. Peter McCullough, cardiologist and vice chairman of medicine at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas, Texas. And you may be familiar with my co-host today, Dr. Rachel Pessa Pollock. Hello again, Peter, and hello, listeners. My name is Rachel Pessa Pollock, an endocrinologist and clinical associate professor at NYU Langone. I'm excited to be back and continue our discussion about cardio-renal metabolic disorders. As am I, Rachel. This podcast is supported and made on behalf of Beringer Ingelheim Pharmaceuticals, Inc. and Lilly USA, LLC. Content discussed during this podcast has been reviewed for consistency with FDA guidelines and is not approved for continuing medical education credit. Today, we will discuss the coexistence of cardiorenal metabolic or CRM disorders, as well as their impact on the continuum of disease risk. Let's start by revisiting Bill, our hypothetical patient. If you remember, Bill was first introduced to us during our previous episode. Yes, Bill is our patient who has several cardiometabolic risk factors, as well as some manifesting CRM disorders. Bill has a medical history of hypertension, dyslipidemia, type 2 diabetes, and impaired kidney function. It's important to take a comprehensive look when examining this type of patient. In this case, I would probably include blood pressure measurements, lipid panels, A1C, and EGFR results. I agree, Rachel. With these exams and lab values, we'd be able to assess whether Bill is showing clinical manifestations of multiple disorders of the CRM systems. We already know that Bill has diabetes and impaired renal function. However, these lab results can help clarify their severity. Let's say that Bill has an A1C of about 8.1% and an EGFR of 57. That means that Bill surely has two coexisting CRM disorders. The coexistence of CRM disorders is actually pretty common in patients like Bill. It's noteworthy that disorders in the cardiovascular and renal systems are highly prevalent in patients with type 2 diabetes. In fact, cardiovascular disease is a leading cause of mortality in patients with diabetes or CKD. Approximately 50% of deaths in patients with type 2 diabetes and over the course of a year, 1.4 million deaths in patients with CKD were due to cardiovascular disease. That's right, Rachel. We also see that patients diagnosed with both CKD and type 2 diabetes experience major adverse cardiovascular events and all-cause mortality at a rate two to three times higher than in patients with type 2 diabetes alone. That's an important point, Peter. Let's further examine why the mortality rate due to cardiovascular disease is so high in patients with diabetes or CKD. Diabetes is a shared risk factor for disorders of the CRM systems, including coronary heart disease. Such risk factors can lead to the development and progression of cardiovascular and renal disease. Unfortunately, this is something we frequently see in our practices. Peter, can you share any insights into data that have been published on this topic? Absolutely, Rachel. One great example of this is a meta-analysis of more than 100 prospective studies published in The Lancet. Investigators concluded that diabetes in patients confers approximately a two-fold increased risk for coronary heart disease and cerebral vascular disease events, independent of their other risk factors, compared to those without diabetes. Notably, the risk of coronary death was 131% higher in patients with diabetes than those without diabetes. And just as diabetes increases the risk of cardiovascular events, patients with diabetes are also at an increased risk of heart failure. In addition, diabetes may increase mortality among patients with heart failure who have preserved or impaired left ventricular systolic function. Your point brings to mind a prospective study that I read about, Peter. 
In that study, more than 1,600 patients were assessed for survival following hospitalization for heart failure. Survival analyses for patients with heart failure showed a steep decline in survival among patients with diabetes compared to those without diabetes, regardless of whether they had a preserved or reduced ejection fraction. Yes, I'm familiar with that study, and it's a great example. Those results showed that the effect of diabetes on heart failure mortality is greater in those with reduced left ventricular systolic function than in those with preserved function. Additionally, CKD increases the risk of cardiovascular events, and the coexistence of CKD and diabetes may amplify this. Rachel, would you like to share some insights on this topic? I would be happy to, Peter. The results of analyses performed using information from U.S. and U.K. databases demonstrate that the risk of major adverse cardiovascular events, or MACE, is lower in patients with type 2 diabetes alone compared with those who have additional conditions. The risk appears highest in patients with both diabetes and CKD, with or without hypertension and hyperlipidemia. This shows that for patients with type 2 diabetes, the addition of a CKD diagnosis amplifies the risk of MACE to a greater extent than the presence of hypertension or hyperlipidemia. A similar pattern is seen when considering the risk of heart failure in patients with type 2 diabetes. The risk for heart failure is highest among patients with type 2 diabetes and CKD, with or without hyperlipidemia or hypertension. Thank you for sharing those insights, Rachel. Because of the increased cardiovascular risk associated with CKD in patients with type 2 diabetes, it is evident that renal protection in this population is critically important. Right. For example, when crafting a treatment plan for Bill, we should consider his comorbidities and be sure to address his risk for cardiovascular and renal disorders. We know that it's not enough to treat Bill's diabetes and kidney impairment alone or separately. Rather, for patients like Bill who have multiple dysfunctions, we should take a multifaceted approach to give him the best chance of achieving favorable outcomes. Organizations such as the American Diabetes Association, American College of Cardiology, American Heart Association, American Association of Clinical Endocrinology, and KDGO, the Kidney Disease Improving Global Outcomes Organization, recognize the impact of coexisting morbidities. Their most recent guidelines and consensus statements provide recommendations for the prevention and management of cardiovascular and renal risk factors and comorbidities in the setting of diabetes. Considering Bill's profile, along with what we know about guideline recommendations for patients like him, it is clear that a multifaceted management approach is best. This would include lifestyle modifications as well as pharmacologic therapy to manage his risk factors and disorders. Agreed. And I would say that this multifaceted management approach goes beyond the medications and lifestyle modifications. A collaborative team-based approach will also help to reduce Bill's risk for cardiovascular events and disease progression across the spectrum of the CRM systems. I think we should discuss what we can do as practitioners to ensure that our patients are receiving optimal care. Peter, do you want to start us off? I'd love to, Rachel. Major healthcare organizations support the implementation of collaborative care across multidisciplinary teams because they recognize this as a benefit to the patient. Several of these organizations include recommendations for collaboration within their guidelines. It's important to note that collaborative care can extend beyond the primary care provider, nephrologist, endocrinologist, and cardiologist. For example, the ACC Expert Consensus Decision Pathway lists members of the care team, including pharmacists, nurses, among others. 
What matters even more is that the collaborative care teams not only include several practitioners, but also involve shared decision-making with patients with the goal of bettering patient outcomes. The coexistence of multiple disorders of the CRM systems creates significant challenges for managing the care of individual patients. It can also involve various healthcare providers from different specialties. I believe that a collaborative team approach is best for managing multiple disorders. I completely agree, including various types of healthcare providers such as primary care providers, cardiologists, endocrinologists, and nephrologists ensures a more comprehensive view of the patient's health and a well-rounded approach to risk factor management. Patients are not solely leaving their health management in the hands of one provider. Data show that patients with type 2 diabetes and cardiovascular disease visit a cardiologist about as frequently as they see their primary care providers and sometimes more than their endocrinologist. This is not to say that one specialty should be more involved than another, but rather it's clear that there's a network of healthcare providers involved in a patient's care. This network should work together as opposed to in silos. Absolutely. Within that collaborative network, providers are able to work together to better identify comorbidities, establish treatment goals, and so much more. Ultimately, having that line of communication can benefit the patient's clinical outcomes and contribute to improvements in their quality of life. Let's further discuss what this means for Bill. Again, he has multiple health and lifestyle factors that contribute to an increased risk of disorders of the CRM systems. Having multiple comorbidities greatly increases his mortality risk. For example, Bill's diabetes puts him at a twofold increased risk of a cardiovascular event. Also, considering Bill's impaired renal function, the risk for cardiovascular disease and mortality increases even further. Next time, we'll discuss a comprehensive plan to manage Bill's multiple risk factors in order to increase his odds of survival while reducing his risk of a cardiovascular event.